video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you Hello, want to watch. my name is Justin Kluge, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we go through the top 10 new releases on Blu-ray and DVD. And this is the essential list. This has been scientifically decided. It is completely objective. Some of these I haven't even seen. But just toss them in the garbage. And some of these, as I'm looking through them, I don't even really like. But, you know, I've got something to talk about. I've got something to talk about. So let us start right off the top with Better Luck Tomorrow, the classic Justin Lin film. Coming out, of course, to honor the release of Fast and the Furious 9, the film franchise Justin Lin is... Uh, cursed to continue working on. Cursed to continue. Yeah, he's chained to that franchise now, right? For the rest of time. I mean, he supposedly loves making them. He's energetic in interviews. I feel like Vin Diesel is keeping him from making other movies. That's true. That's true. Um, but you'd have to say Better Luck Tomorrow, probably his calling card to get that job in the first place, right? More or less. Don't you mean the, f- the mockumentary about making um, Game of Death? <laughs> true, of course. Finishing the game. But he'd already done Tokyo Drift before that, right? Or... Uh, and- Annapolis, the James Franco goes to Military Academy movie. And he made some movies before then, I think. I think he made a couple indie films in the late 90s. But this was kind of the first one I remember, you know, hearing about him as a filmmaker. But from. Mark, doesn't it have a negative portrayal of Asians in, the, in I it? I guess. I mean... <laughs> oh, you don't know the story that somebody asked that and like Roger Ebert tore into them at one of the q and I did yeah. not know about this. No, I mean, for me, I was just like refreshed by the amount of Asian American diversity on display in a movie like this. But yeah, I guess because it deals with criminal activities, you could say that. Um, and do you but, have you watched this movie recently? Does it hold up? Uh, you know what? I haven't watched it in full recently, so it might not hold up as well as I thought. But, you know, this was an important movie to me as a teenager. I'm talking Mark into like, oh, you know what? Maybe the movie's not good. Better luck tomorrow was, and I say this all the time, was one of those DVDs I would see on like Friends uh, oh, disgusting man, yeah. hash-covered um, dining room tables. Yeah, exactly. Well, this was a phase for me, I think, when I was really getting into that like sundance kind of like indie filmmaking. I feel like this was a Paramount Classics title. Remember when they started that line? Oh, yeah, it, it did, like, it had that border on top. Yeah. So, like, this was kind of a big deal. And yeah, I just remember liking it a lot. I mean, anything that had, like, teens involved in crime, it had, like, the, the LA setting, or the California, some of California setting you know it just all like hit the right notes for me and I just like the vibe of it it had like I think he shot this on film and it like didn't he shoot this on 16 or something or it has that kind of filmic look to it and I just found the characters really engaging plus you get an early look at Han from the Fast and the Furious movies I mean, not officially Han, I guess. No, it is officially Han. He did say that, There's right? even a joke in uh, Fast and Furious 6 where Han drives the same car that he has in Better Luck Tomorrow. Right. I forgot about that. So, you know, if you want kind of like an early precursor to like Justin Lin's Fast and the Furious kind of vibe, I would say go for this. Yeah, it's a total throwback. It hasn't been on Blu-ray at all in you know since it came out on dvd i guess in the early 2000s it is a paramount like a bare bones paramount release so i don't think there's much in the way of special features on this which is unfortunate i feel like there could be a lot to be said or done with this and then like the connection too fast especially retrospectively like right the thing how it kind of informed the rest of his career going forward and just again like in terms of highlighting the diversity of asian american actors on screen which wasn't that huge back then and still is isn't really that huge today, you know, besides like a few like outliers here beep, and there. Beep, 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 beep. Whoa, what's this? I'm getting some breaking news, Mark. Uh, what's that? Guess what's coming to deep Blu-ray from Paramount uh, Pictures. What's that? 
breakdown. No. <laughs> Once again, as per usual, our our talking about certain potential Blu-ray releases comes to fruition. But we had to imagine a lot of these imprint titles were going to come out right regularly. Yeah, for people, maybe this is their first episode because every podcast is someone's first episode. Uh, Breakdown was released by an Australian company called Imprint, and their Blu-rays are seventy-five dollars now. Hella expensive, yeah. And you took the plunge and you bought that Blu-ray. I told you not to tell anybody. Mark. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I saw you posting about this all over Twitter. It's got some good features, right? It's got some good extras. I mean, it's a pretty awesome and release. I did not pay that much, but uh, Paramount announced that a Blu-ray edition is coming. Can you imagine if they turned around and it was just bare bones? I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, I think they're going to be doing this a lot more. And you know what? I think it's going to be a bare bones release. I really don't think this is going to be some loaded. It's not like a Paramount Presents type edition or anything. It's just like... I think it just said it was being released by Paramount Home Media Distribution, which generally means to me it's going to be kind of like an MOD sort of situation, kind of like what Better Luck Tomorrow is. So oh, in that case, screw it. Wait, does Better Luck Tomorrow, I mean, you don't have it in front of you, but it had a bunch of special features on the DVD that came yeah, out. Yeah, so I think they might have ported some of that over, but I don't think they haven't done anything new with this movie, basically. So I don't even no, know what like know the remaster situation is. Well, we'll never know. But in terms of breakdown, you know, going with the breakdown news, I think I might still pick up the imprint version you, you know? keep saying that you tell me when you do mark i'm just waiting to get like a features list you know i just need i need like a features list and if there's nothing that's fine or if there's only like a little bit on oh, it. the imprint one's it's such a nice case it comes into oh, i know that's the thing you know when it comes out from paramount it's gonna be some shitty blu-ray case the art's gonna look like really badly printed it's just gonna look like shit so moving on we have king kong the 1976 classic coming out as well as godzilla versus king kong oh what good luck they're both being released uh, on the same day. Oh, wait. No, they're not. <laughs> Definitely released on the same day. No, no. King Kong was supposed to come out, what, a month ago at this point? Ooh, I don't know. You tell and, me. And yeah, it was about a month ago. And because of the ongoing issues with Shout Factory distribution in Canada, we only just got it this week. But you know what? Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Because Godzilla versus King Kong actually streets this I, week. I uh, sat down and rewatched Godzilla King Kong 1976. I was reading some reviews. People are like, oh, this film was unfairly trashed upon its uh, release. And I was like, like, you know what? I've always had an opinion that it was bad, probably when I saw it when I was a kid. Let's give it another go. Yeah, still bad. <laughs> still bad. Bad and boring. Real long. Two hours and 15 minutes. I've never seen it, but I know people are really reclaiming it these days. Like, everybody who's come in to buy a copy said it's like their favorite version of King Kong or it's like a easy there their favorite version as opposed to the original version that is amazing and less I mean, I think than 90 maybe minutes. it's just a nostalgic choice for some people who kind of grew up yeah, with it yeah that's 100% what it is the main woman in this Jessica Lang she gets naked almost a lot in this film so I feel people are like oh yeah this is the best version of King Kong they're speaking kind of uh, retroactively of the emotions it stirred in them like the <laughs> giant gorilla yes, himself yes um so what cut is better here i know you get the theatrical cut the tv cut like... so the tv cut only aired once it is an hour longer and they didn't add anything they just made scenes longer uh, <laughs> yikes i mean that seems like it could be kind of perversely fascinating in a way yeah it, it is supposedly unwatchable 
Like it, like it, it, it is a nothing move, and the film is already dull. King Kong fights one snake. That's all he does in the movie, and then he goes on his rampage at the end. That's it. So, are you hoping this was going to be better, basically, when you picked it up? Like you were going to see something new in yeah, it? Yeah, like Jeff Bridges, uh, Jessica Lange is in it. Charles Grodin is in it. Doesn't get to be funny at all. Why would even bother casting him then? Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's not good. I mean, great. Gorilla Suit by Rick Baker. Uh, you know what? And this release has a bunch of fun special features, including a feature-length interview with Rick Baker as one of the audio tracks on the movie, where he rips the film apart and the awful experience that he had making it. Except, I gotta take the DVD extra producers to task here. They left chunks of silence where the movie just comes in for five minutes, completely at random. So goddamn annoying. Yikes. All right. Um, Like, why would you do that? Just play the whole interview. If it doesn't run the length of the movie, just have it end and then the movie come up so that people know they can stop watching. Yeah, that's really off-putting. So so wait, is this release not so recommended from you? No, it is definitely not recommended, but it's notable. You know what? Maybe, I mean, these top 10, this is not uh, the the recommended top 10. It's the notable top 10. Yeah, it's more of like a top 10 of what we want to talk about. That's know? right. And Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, yeah, I think this movie is a lot okay, of fun. Cool. Uh, I haven't seen either of these. I can't say. <laughs> you will never watch them. Not much of a King Kong head. Uh, uh, you'll probably, you know, shudder when I say the only... Mark, you've never seen the fir- the original one, right? No. Can you guess the only King Kong that I've seen? Yeah, the Peter Jackson King Kong. I know which one you, you've seen. You got it. I would have thought maybe you were such a sicko that you had seen, like, uh, King Kong Lives, the one with Linda <laughs> Hamilton. Imagine. Where Kong gets heart surgery. I wish I had seen, like, that's the only King Kong I'd seen. Cause... Oh, well, I can make that wish come true for just a couple hundred bucks, Mark. Well, the Peter Jackson King Kong was a, you know, horrendous experience to sit through that in theaters, so that kind of, you know, soured me on King Kong in general, uh, unfortunately, even though that shouldn't have. You just don't like fun stuff. That's okay. Listen, we each have our taste. I know, I Me, know. very wide and very you. <laughs> and me, very, you know, very... Yeah, particular. just bad stuff that you put on. You're like, oh, it is bad. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, give me a King Kong movie made for like $10 in somebody's backyard, and I'm sure oh, I'd love it. I have a little film here directed by the Polonia Brothers that may interest you, Conga TNT. Uh, okay, yeah, see, Conga TNT, that, that's kind of more my speed. I just want to make sure before I uh, besmirch the name of the filmmaker, if it is actually directed by the Polonia Brothers. Ooh, I'm sorry, it's a Brett Kelly film. Oh, God. Uh, okay, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we have Anything for Jackson. Now, this is one I haven't seen, but it's directed by a Canadian director. I believe one that lives in it or around Toronto. I have also not seen this, but I hear really good things. Yeah, it's supposed to be kind of like a take on Dark Song. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I like Dark Song. And this film, I mean, you should watch it. It was directed by a guy who mostly does Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, okay. Well, then, you're speaking my language right now. Has he done anything other than Hallmark Christmas movies? Nope, this is his first really? one that I feel like he's behind completely. Oh, he's done a lot more different stuff than just Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay. He did forest fairies (laughs) he did a witch's ball in 2017 he did love by accident so mostly like hallmark so this guy made six movies in 2020 wow wow or had six movies come out in 2020 like you shoot for two weeks and you move on that's the thing i mean it's like doing a tv show right i guess that's exactly what it is but he also did something called monkey in the middle in 2014 which is right up my alley have you seen this poster wait is it a parody of malcolm in the middle like a very late period unfortunately not but it's my other favorite kind of movie the kids animal sports movie genre wait what is the monkey in the middle of soccer game i guess (laughs) okay this summer is serious monkey business it says and it has 
Nobody I know except for Daphne Zuniga. Well, he made a movie called X-Men Meets the Breakfast Club called Super Detention. Uh, wow. Okay. Okay. I feel like I've seen a lot of those like Breakfast Club riffs done in the last like 10 years or so. What a life. Just making as many movies as you can, I guess. You know, I would take a job like that. That's not so bad. That's not so bad. Always getting employed. Do you get crushed by it, though? You probably don't want to make any other movies after your life. Well, that's the thing. I guess it kind of becomes like a day job where now you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to make like movies you actually want to make right because you're just making movies all the time someone uh would be interested on a perspective of christmas director i interviewed one on the important cinema club and i kept trying to get him to be like what is it like not making movies that you really want to make but what he said was he just tries to make the set fun and that's how he gets through it that's a really good attitude i really like that and you know what i guess with this guy justin g dick he you know finally got a movie out there that people seem to really like it's got two like stalwarts of canadian cinema sheila mccarthy and julian richings in it I love both when of them. When am I going to get Monkey in the Middle too? Is this going to lead to a career of him doing um, very successful stuff? <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at anything for Jackson. I'm like, yeah, this looks good, but Monkey in the Middle, that looks <laughs> that looks really good. That's what I want to see. Uh, but I'm disgusted. This is a Shutter release with no special features. <sighs> it is. Yeah. That's as per the Shutter usual, unless it was like, you know, Tigers are not afraid or something. Or like Psycho Gore, man. They got to do whatever they wanted. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the, the Raven Banner edition was the one that people really wanted. Oh, that's the one. Right. Okay. I don't think the Shutter edition had anything on uh, it. Boo. boo. Yeah, Shutter doesn't do anything. They only they did those two steel books of Tigers Are Not Afraid and One Cut of the Dead, which were pretty good, I think. But past that, they don't. So care. we also have One Potato, Two Potato from Scorpion Kino. This is another film that I haven't seen, but it's interesting because it's directed by the guy who did The Incident, a film that I really like, which I believe has not been released in North America. It got a Blu-ray in the UK, and is also a story about an interracial marriage in. A film from 1964? What's this? Yeah, so it seems like it was pretty provocative at the time. I haven't seen it either, but I know a lot of people have been buying it. So it's definitely, you know, something that people know about. I think it caused some shockwaves at the time. I'm sure today it maybe is kind of tame, but, you know. There's special features on this. Commentary, an interview with the director. I feel like these were reported from something else. I don't but know if this has ever been released on DVD before now at all. So I think this might be the first time. There you go. We also have Body Slam. This sounds like it should be a scorpion release but it's not it's kino just by themselves this is kino yeah this is a kino lorber studio classics mark have you seen this one this seems like something you would see i have not i thought you might pick this for our blind buy this week or something but uh, because it's you know hal needham and we just t- talked a lot about hal needham with the uh with the rad episode several months ago and listen to this cast Tanya Roberts, Lou Albano, Roddy Piper. <laughs> well, this, has a, this is a wrestling movie, right? This has a wrestling theme. Uh-huh, it so is. I'm surprised you haven't seen this or wanted to see this or take this on. As I've said before, like wrestling is something that I am curious only from the sidelines. Any kind of involvement that I have to have in it, I back off a little bit. Right. Roddy Piper doesn't star in it. That's why I didn't jump on it. It's like Dirk Benedict. That's the thing. You look at him like, I don't really recognize any of these people except for Roddy Piper, who seems like he's just in the background. Now it's out on Blu-ray, so I guess I'll have to watch it. Them's the rules. I know. Well, we were coming off that high of Rad a few like months ago, and it was like, at first I'm like, oh, some Hal Needham, but then you look at the rest of Hal Needham's filmography, and it's <laughs> You're like, like ooh, Hal Needham. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Rad, but maybe, maybe I'll just stick with Rad. So, moving on, we have Contraband Fear. Now, I put this on the list because I know that <laughs> Mark is a big fear head. Oh, the biggest. The biggest. Confusingly doubled with 
Contraband, a Mark Wahlberg action well, film. Well, before we get into this, yeah, let me let me state that I have no, I have not seen Contraband, and I don't really care to see Contraband. So it is a great dad movie. Me and my dad had a, a real fun time watching it on a Sunday afternoon while I was visiting. It's one of those like a foreign director's comes to North America to make a movie things. Which yeah, exactly, because he remade his own movie, right? Oh, I think, was it? This one? Probably. Yeah, yeah, it's actually a remake of his own like Icelandic movie. So Mill Creek this week has got a few two packs of movies out which are like actor two packs so this is obviously the mark Wahlberg one they also have a matt damon one which includes the adjustment bureau and the good shepherd i mean i like the good shepherd don't like the adjustment bureau <laughs> oh, i like the adjustment bureau see that's why you get it for your family really ah see i didn't i didn't do, yeah see you get it all around and they also have a jamie fox double pack that has uh the kingdom and miami vice that on is it. a baffling double pack that's a baffling double pack. i mean i got i got a soft spot for miami vice the kingdom ugh, yeah the kingdom was bad but yeah we chose this one because you know i chose this one because i know mark loves fear i kind of figured you'd put this on fear is one of my no yeah i wouldn't even say one of mine it's probably my favorite 90s thriller i will say i'm gonna i'm gonna say that right too scary for me when i watch it on tbs i haven't watched it oh my god i know right when i was a kid this movie scared the crap out of me especially the climax you know where you got mark Wahlberg yelling into the peephole let me in the fucking house where is the shout factory special edition of fear. Well, that's the thing. I don't understand. Like, fear really needs a better release because I think fear, like, at the time, it was kind of just like a trashy teen thriller that, you know, kind of came and went fairly fast. And then Mark Wahlberg went on and Reese Witherspoon went on to do bigger films after that and people kind of forgot about it. But I think it's been kind of, you know, there's a cult that's built up around it over the last, you know, 20, Jesus, it's been 25 years since it came out. So in the last 25 years. And they haven't really exploited that. There were some, like, weird rumors for a while that Justin Bieber was going to star in a remake of Fear. I don't know if you remember hearing that like a decade ago. <laughs> I did not. And then it just kind of died. And I own the previous Universal Blu-ray that came out of it, which looks fine, but there's no special features on it or anything. And then, you know, Mill Creek doesn't really do special features. And this is just kind of like a bargain two-pack. So... It's unfortunate. I feel like this needs a Show Factory release or something. Like, Show Factory has done so many crappier 90s thrillers that, I don't know. I don't. Can they not get the rights? It's just a universal title. I feel like they've done universal stuff before. I don't know, man. Maybe the fear heads have to speak up. You have to start, like, a, uh, one of those, like, petition that you would see, like, release the Monster Squad on DVD. Yeah, like a change.org sort of thing. Yeah. Fear fan. But yeah, from go. a fear yeah. fan, fear absolutely slap. Fear.com, Mark Wahlberg's fear. We're Where's the uh, Show Factory edition of Fear.com? That must be coming soon, right? Fear, you know, it's a movie that's just stuck with me and it always slaps. It's always a good time to watch. And it's just what the thing I love about it is like there's a lot of thrillers you watch and you hope they go a certain way that's like really over the top and they never quite go there. You're always like imagining like a better movie you could make. With Fear, it always goes exactly where you want it to go and farther, I think. And I just love the tension between Mark Wahlberg and the dad, played by William Peterson, a really good role. I love everything about it. I love the tension that builds. I, I love Mark Wahlberg in it. They use his like creepy kind of like thug sort of vibe that he like had in the 90s and just sort of like exploit that for like 
maximum terror maximum terror basically you missed it mark maximum fear thank maximum you very much fear, yeah like he's funny in it in a way because he's so like marky mark in it but he actually gets to a point where he's legitimately scary and you're like wow if i were like a dad in this situation like i don't know what i would do either you know and i love that it's really just basically an escalation of a father and this boyfriend both wanting to like own and control reese witherspoon's character so there is that sort of like weird sexual taboo nature of like a father trying to like own his daughter more than her boyfriend which i think they exploit really well i don't know i could write a dissertation on fear so well we're I mean, not gonna let you because not until the movie comes out properly right i guess i'm not really recommending this release because honestly if you just want fear you should probably just buy the original like universal disc since i think it's like available and fairly cheap but you know Maybe you got a dad that likes contraband as well, and there you go. All is right. So moving on, we have Devil Dog, the Hound from Hell, which I haven't seen, but Mark, the loyal soldier, jumped on this grenade. You know what? Any movie called Devil Dog, the Hound of Hell, which I love that they had to like, as if Devil Dog wasn't clear enough, they have to call it the Hound of Hell. Well, too. they could get it confused with Zoltan, Hound of Dracula. Exactly, exactly, right? And yeah, you know, I've, I've been meaning to see this movie for a while. I had a co-worker. <laughs> have you? It's on your list. No, I had a co-worker that used to work at the store who loved this movie, thought it was really fun. Does he play any? and you know what this actually has a bit of pedigree behind it for like it's a tv movie but it was directed by curtis harrington who is you know he did night tide he worked with kenneth anger a lot and he ended his career basically making tv movies like devil dog the hound from hell but you know what as stupid as this premise is and yeah it's really stupid and it's hilarious in the early scenes when they first get the the dog and it's just like a cute little puppy and they're all like, and everybody can sense danger around it, but they keep cutting to the puppy and it just looks like a cute little puppy. But you know what? When the dog gets grown and gets a little more threatening, they have this great effect with the eyes going green whenever it's like hypnotizing somebody. Green? What about red? No, they go green in this one. You know what? The dog they choose is like actually fairly imposing. And there were a number of sequences which were actually really effective in a like an actual scary horror movie way. So I have to admit, I had a good time with this. It does drag a is bit. Is this an old media? blasters dvd that got ported over to blu-ray i think it must be but you know what there's actually a ton of special features on this the dvd is a two disc set and the blu-ray i think is one disc but has all the special features and it has a bunch of behind the scenes stuff interviews like it's actually one of the more loaded media blasters releases i've seen recently so i mean i assume it's probably something they put out in the past i can't remember if they did or not but i don't know if they put it out with all these extras before so gotta pick it up then i say i highly recommend this one if you like kind of like especially if you like 70s tv movies horror tv movies this is one of the better ones i've seen and it actually is like half of it is like pretty funny and campy with the effects they use especially when the dog goes like full demonic at the end the effect is hilarious and especially in the opening scene too concerns like a group of satanists that basically like kidnap a dog and like basically summon the devil into it that's really funny but then you have some moments like where it's actually really frightening whether where like the uh like the mom in the film is alone with the dog at one scene and she and it's like at the other end of the room and she looks down and she looks up and now it's like really close to her like there's some good optical tricks in it that i was not expecting for like what i thought was just going to be a cheap 70s tv movie. so moving uh on to stuff that mark also liked we have Nightwalk from 2019 <laughs> i mean like is a is a strong 
strong term for this movie. I mean, I kind of brought this up, bandied this about as a uh, potential blind buy, but I've made you watch enough shit. Did you watch it? Of course, of course I watched. I sat through this entire movie. Uh, so Nightwalk, uh, which is a very generic title, uh, probably the title of a hundred other movies, is a new movie that stars Eric Roberts and Mickey Rourke. Wait, does it star them? <laughs> well, you would think it stars them because it's like their faces on the front cover, but no, it doesn't. Eric Roberts is in two scenes i think mickey rourke has a bit of a larger part he plays because it's kind of like half a prison movie and he plays like the leader of an aryan like brotherhood who uh is in the prison so it basically just gives him an opportunity to be like vile and drop a lot of like racist epithets and stuff which is like okay okay mickey i mean you, you know you're in a cheap like vod movie here but, but the rest works right just gangbusters drama you know what like i would not recommend this because it's terrible for about half an hour i was about half an hour into it and i almost texted you being like yo you gotta watch Nightwalk. it's actually like it's kind of funny this is like some like really like bad fun goodness here and then it just got really boring after that but it kind of concerns like a lead character who um basically it starts he's in prison so you basically watch him in prison and then you find out how he got to prison and it basically concerns he fell in love with this he was in the arab world they just call it like the generic arab world he meets this lady he's like a linguist they both have like a love of languages which is really hilarious to see play out and then basically she is killed and he's basically framed for the murder but it's like this whole plot thing but at first where you're seeing kind of their courtship and then you're seeing like really cheap prison scenes it does have that almost most like a bit of like a Neil Breenness kind of like uh, just like stiltedness to it that I like particularly like in my bad movies. And the lead actor is really, really bad. And now he's doing shit like this. So I don't know. For a while, it was kind of interesting. But then it just kind of becomes like every other bad, generic, boring uh, VOD movie. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about Sean Stone? Sean Stone. Yeah. Do you know Sean Stone? Yeah, because he's the son of Oliver Stone, isn't oh, he? Oh, is that why? Oh, uh, right. That's why it's in salvador wall street born on the fourth of july the doors JFK. well if you're a fan of oliver stone you will not like this movie i don't think but you know <laughs> there's like an effort there i don't know the director's name is aziz tazi and i don't think he's he's got a few directorial credits but nothing that i really recognize it's it's a really cheap effort all around but i mean they call it on the imdb page a modern day romeo and juliet but like you don't even really get that it's all they're saying it's all about cultural tensions between the east and the west and it's like i guess kind of at times but it's just so poorly done yeah <laughs> all right so you know what don't take that night walk says mark Hansen. yeah don't take that night walk i mean take the night walk for like 20 minutes maybe and then you can turn it off after so moving that. on we have event horizon a favorite of me and mark's a classic paul ws anderson and film it's finally here and you know like the king kong situation this was also very late uh you're probably wondering why we're talking about it now in june slash july when it came out back in march initially uh we just didn't get it in canada till now so but here it is. We finally got him. And this is a personal favorite of mine. I don't know about yourself. And I know a lot of people don't like this one as much as myself. But... Oh, well, I said it was a favorite at the beginning there. And I lied. I do not like this movie. 
No. And you know what? I watched it again for this podcast. Listen, if I want to watch Alien, I'll watch Alien. <laughs> like, that's exactly what it is. And I get that complaint because it is a lot. It basically is kind it's of like... It's very stilted. I love Sam Neill. I love Lawrence Fishburne. I love Sam Neill going... But if I want do that... Do you see? I'll just go watch In the Mouth of Madness. And you know what? I love In the Mouth of Madness. I really like, do. Like a lot of Paul W. Sanderson films, it's a lamer version of stuff I can go see somewhere else. But I get people when they saw it when it came out. And I did see this when it came out. I remember being very excited for it. Okay, yeah. I own the two disc DVD as well because I keep trying to trick myself into liking these movies. Oh, man. I've This is the fourth time I've bought this movie now because I had it on VHS. I had the two disc DVD. I it looks the- so much like Alien that it looks like they shot the sets on like the Universal Tour or something like that. I don't that. know, though, dude. I think it has like a vibe to it that is a little bit its own. Like, I like the camera yeah, work. Yeah, like Hellraiser. I like the camera work in it. I think he's got some really interesting camera moves in it. Like, there's that one where it spirals out from the um from the window of the ship and it just keeps spiraling out into space there's like an interesting shot and i don't know i like the kind of grungy Wait, didn't jean-pierre Jeunet did that in alien resurrection when did that movie come out uh maybe that came out the same year actually a movie that i do enjoy which has many faults i'm a big fan of alien resurrection love that film but um this one yeah i mean you can partially chalk it up to like I saw this as a kid. It scared the bejesus out of me. I was definitely way too young for it. And I just loved it since then. I love the hell. Yeah, it basically is just Hellraiser in space. But I love that kind of Lovecraftian idea of like, it's a great concept, like a spaceship that literally a spaceship that literally goes to hell and comes back. Like, I love that. If only there was a film where Sam Neill dealt with Lovecraftian creatures. Look, In the Mouth of Madness is great. I love In the Mouth of Madness. It's probably my favorite John Carpenter movie. Just like In the Shadow of the Moon, the other one where Satan goes on a space ship the film from the 80s <laughs> or hellraiser 4 you know if only hellraiser would go to space uh, well hellraiser 4 is in space for like 15 minutes so like that, uh, that more doesn't like 50 re- minutes it's the worst that, part of the movie yeah hellraiser 4 sucks but like you know this, oh but a robot does the cube and then explodes yeah, that's true that's it's got its moments but you know what for as prob as many problems as movie has and i totally agree I think it's it feels chopped down. I did I watched it again last night before we uh, recorded this, and there are moments where you can really feel how they because initially this movie was supposed to be two hours and ten minutes long or something. They chopped it down to ninety minutes. I mean, I don't know if it needed to be that long, but I wanted to. Yeah, see, we gotta we gotta walk through that hallway some more that they keep going you know back what? to. There's a lot of mood to this movie though that I think would benefit more from like a drawn out time. I think they cut. I think they cut to the chase too fast. They go through things too fast because they wanted to just make this like more action packed kind of space extravaganza. Whereas if they had let it breathe a bit more, I think it would be considered even. I know a lot of people love this movie, but I think it would be considered even better than it is now. I mean, I know it's the only movie that I think it's Paul W.S. Anderson's most proudest moment as a filmmaker. I feel like he said that before. And I just feel like you can really feel the love and the artistry in this movie as opposed to something like Mortal Kombat, which he did a few years before, which just feels like a bland, generic studio movie to me. I don't know. This does a lot for me. And I still it still scares me. It still gets under my skin. I just love the idea. I wish we could finally get some of that footage, that long lost footage. But it's gone because the show factory delayed this release specifically based on a rumor that they would find this. But it's gone. And that's unfortunate to me because I assume even Paramount at this point would love to do a director's cut. Just seeing how many people love this movie now. It's a shame. It's a shame. But you know what? I'm going to. 
I'm going to root for Event Horizon my whole life. It's it's great. I don't want to take it away from anyone. I mean, even though I did see it right at the right age and it did you nothing did, yeah, for and me. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, I guess. And uh, like the giant CGI flame man at the end. I'm like, this fucking sucks. I'm going to kill you. I mean, there's a camp aspect to it, though, I think, that I think people like. I mean, you can debate whether that's intentional or not, but I, oh, I not. think. I, I mean, Paul W.S. Anderson's filmography would. I think the problem is, though, too, is Paul W.S. Anderson makes it very easy to disregard any potential artistry that could be in this movie because of his entire career which has often contained not much artistry to be honest um but if you're a fan of some of his like early you know like shopping is a film that never really gets talked i like about. shopping yeah. i you know what what i said is shopping works because it has no genre expectations and it's more of an art film than anything else i would argue that he brings a bit of that shopping vibe or more of that shopping vibe to Event Horizon than any other American film he did. You, I will allow you to share that opinion. I feel like, and it's still got that like 90s sort of like Euro techno sort of vibe People to it. People love Event Horizon. I can't take that away from them. You just don't see the light. You don't, like, I see, but do you see? Do you see, Justin? I have. I've watched it many a times. Just like Resident Evil, which I hate. I hate Resident Evil. And I know you love Resident Evil. I hate it. I hate it so much. See, I think we're just... We're we're just not on the same page about Paul W.S. Anderson. You're right. I love Resident Evil 2. And I know oh, I love Resident Evil 2. I know you like Resident Evil 2 better, it. and I think that's crazy to me. I think that's crazy. So. You need to see the light. You're the one who hasn't seen the light. You're all of those vulgar tourists on Twitter being like, how could no one like Resident Evil? <laughs> I'm the real underground, the Resident Evil 2 lovers. I'm still like shocked, beyond shocked that you don't like Resident Evil. I just, I can't fathom. I cannot fathom how people don't like Resident I Evil. I wrote a very, uh, I think I read it out on a podcast once of the review I wrote for Resident Evil because I've seen it so many times. <laughs> like the review, you can find it on Letterboxd if you look under my name, is literally a year by year journey of me watching Resident Evil over and over again. And trying every time to find something good in it. Justin just buys failing. a DVD when it comes out. The deluxe edition, of course. He needs the extra commentary. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I had that. That's, you know what? Both Resident Evil and Event Horizon are movies that I think I've bought more times on physical media than any other movie. It's the last line of the is. review is, Justin decides to never watch the film again. <laughs> And then did you watch it again, though? After no, that? I have not watched it since then. That was 2017. Well, you know what? Beyond those two movies and, like, shopping, I I will say I don't care much for Paul W. Sanderson. Soldier is so boring. Soldier sucks. I yeah. hate Soldier. Yeah, I am not a fan of Soldier at all. Uh, I don't really care for Mortal Kombat. I don't care for the Resident Evil sequels that he did that I saw. I don't care for the Three Musketeers. That's a terrible movie. Like, I I really don't care for a lot of his stuff. And but... Paul Bear Sanderson's has literal blood on his hands. Yeah, which is is a shame, is a shame. Because, you know, you, you see him talk. Like, I, I, you know, at one point watched all the... And, you know, my little complaint about the event horizon shout disc is that all of the special features are just all ported over from the initial blu-ray they are not the event horizon disc has tons of new interviews it's not listed on the back of the blu-ray okay so i noticed that because when i picked up the king kong's uh edition it looked like there was no new special features on the blu-ray and i was like oh okay but then i i was like oh i popped it in nope they were all there they just weren't listed and i did the same thing with event horizon where i was like maybe i'll pick it up on blu-ray but then when I went home and I checked online, there are one, two, three, four, five. It looks about ooh, 
12 new interviews on the disc? Interesting. Okay, then I, I need to dive into those because I brought it home and I just did like I took my old Blu-ray and just did like a back-to-back comparison and they listed literally the exact same special features. Like everything was the yeah, same. Yeah, new. Screams from the cosmos. The sound designer is interviewed. The location manager. The second unit director. Production manager. Yeah. That pleases me a little because when I brought it home and I was just like, are you kidding me? Is there not a single new feature on this? Did I just rebuy the same Blu-ray with like a better cover or something? <laughs> nope. So you are good. Well, great. That's awesome to me because, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I don't want to have to buy another version of this down the road. Uh, 4K? Yeah. Watch me 10 years from now buy the 4K version, you know. So moving on, you know, let's end on a note on a film that we both loved. <laughs> on a positive note here. Zeroville has come out based on the great, excellent Steven Erickson book about a film fanatic that comes to the new Hollywood in the 60s. And, uh, you know, he's kind of an eyewitness to everything going on. And what better filmmaker to handle this material than uh, James Franco? (laughs) Well, at least he'll cast somebody to play the role correctly, right? Oh, no, James Franco. No. Well, I mean, would you expect anything less from James Franco? This is a movie that was made five years ago and sat on a shelf for five years before being dumped. Yeah, this was supposed to come out from, I believe it was Alchemy, which was like kind of an indie distributor around the time and who like went under and just bankrupt. And this movie just languished. I remember seeing copies of this book, which I haven't read actually, at BMV and they all had that like five years ago they have the sticker like soon to be a major motion picture starring james franco and i was like oh okay i guess this is coming out soon and then like six years later it finally comes soon out soon to be coming out a major uh, major motion picture that even though it's packed with uh, very distracting stunt casting s- seems like it costs like a couple grand to make because it looks like shit yeah i mean that's pretty you know routine for james franco who you know for a while there i don't know if he still is was cranking out you know, a few movies a year on like really paltry budgets starring like you know his acting school uh, oh no that is not going to be happening anymore for uh obviously clearly reasons. not happening anymore because i think we've all found out that james franco is a pervy dude a real pervy dude wow well, pervy is i think being generous i think sex pest is another way to say well it. he just just sexually assaults women basically and if you want to put it bluntly but uh and you know that kind of affected some of this movie to me especially when he's you know he spends a lot of time editing like faux euro like you know vampiros lesbos type euro art film stuff with a lot of sex in them and he's like got this weird obsession with megan fox's character who plays basically plays a version of soldad miranda and you know all the sexual content in it when you know so much about james franco now just like really kind of greases me out a bit oh no but you also get Seth rogan playing john milius will ferrell playing who's he supposed to be playing robert evans i guess robert evans i think was like yeah basically it's like for me this was just james franco trying to show off his like movie knowledge even though he basically takes only superficial details oh the book is filled with that stuff it seems like he just drops like the most obvious benchmarks from that time period though you know in terms of like the films that he's talking about um, I mean, I guess you could say it's kind of like his Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or something. It almost has that sort of view. I mean, I know your opinion of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but this... Yeah, I mean, I hate that movie, but at least, you know, Once <laughs> yeah, Upon a Time... It's no it's no The Haunting of Sharon Tate, as we already covered. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that's the true art piece here. Um, I, mean, I mean, at least Once Upon a Time in Hollywood seems to have, you know, a cohesive directorial vision. I don't know about Zeroville. It just seems to be like... 
him messing around with his famous friends and trying to make like bad a, bad bad look how cool 60s 70s hollywood was and look how much i know about it and of course he places himself right in the center of this movie as like you know the lead character who becomes this like star editor over the decade that this movie takes place over you know i didn't even realize this movie was like jumping forward in time so much until like halfway through it too i'm like wait a second have, have years gone by here and I just haven't really been paying attention or something? <laughs> it has. At one point they say 10 years have gone by and you're like, wait, what? I know. I guess I like missed that. I was like, wait, what? Is, yeah, wait, wait a second. You're, they're watching Eraserhead now, but I thought he started in the 60s, you know, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not poorly made. I would say it's probably like the most polished of some of his like really, you know, quick, low budget movies that he made around that time. Um it's a lot better than some of the shit I watched that he did. Did he do two John Steinbeck adaptations? He did. He did um, Sound in the Glo- Sound in the Fury, right? Which I remember played at TIFF, I think, at the time, and just like got shit all over by critics. I don't think that ever came out. I don't think that ever got Listen, released. Listen, James after. Franco tried to tell us who he was when he made This Is the End <laughs> as like. Uh, egotistical kind of dumb guy who thinks he's smart but yeah movies like that they just like now it's like retroactively been tainted kind of but you're right he kind of just told us who he was at that time and we all just like laughed along with it don't worry the next james franco film stars him and garrett dillahund remember dilla garrett dillahund the star i like garrett dillahund uh, <laughs> uh what, what is he he in? was on uh, i'm trying to think i'm oh, sorry i could I confused him with the guy that starred in Tron Legacy. That's a no, different that's guy. Garrett Headland, right? I think, yeah. Garrett Dillahunt, I like though. He was actually a pretty, uh, pretty decent actor. A young contractor is hired to build a honky tonk in Tennessee by the man who killed his father. Well, he's still making movies. N- nice to see that. You know, oh, whoa! This was made in 2015, so I doubt it's coming true, out at this true. point. But yeah, I don't know why. I know this got like a brief theatrical release at the end of 2019 because I remember it played in Toronto too. Like for it was a very weird theatrical release. There were like so much social media stuff. And yeah. now I don't even remember the company that put it out, but now MVD of all companies have decided to do the physical release like a, you know, almost two years after that even. So I don't know. Maybe they just picked it up in some contract negotiation or something. This movie just seems like it is like five years too late, basically. Okay, we can't um, end on such a negative note. We we got to lift our spirits a little. How can we do <laughs> yeah, that? We talked a lot about, about a lot of stuff that we didn't like this week. So Yeah. yeah so what if we uh, talked about a movie we did like, Mark? Yes. One that is unfortunately not available on physical media through Bay Street Video. Not yet. Yeah, but can be bought online on Vimeo. Yes, that's right. We're talking about charlie roxburgh and matt farley's heard she got married if you have never heard of matt farley before and if you're listening to this how uh, <laughs> yeah. matt farley and charlie roxburgh are two guys that have been making films for 20 years at this point mostly in their backyard they've shot films on 60 millimeter they shoot mostly digital now and they basically made this whole feature film in secret without telling anybody and the movie's called heard she got married the title of a Matt Farley song that also appears in the movie. And they dropped it like Beyonce's Lemonade online. With no warning. And you're like the Motor Media expert over there. And you uh, had no... Let me be honest. I knew it was coming. <laughs> Did you know it was coming? Okay. That's what I figured. That's what I figured. I mean, I think we talked a little bit. Uh, I think we went into depth about local legends at the time when mm, we... When the Great Gold Ninja video release came when out. The great Go- yeah, exactly. Which is probably my favorite Motor Media film if I had to pick one. Although they're, they're all really great out of the ones i've seen uh and this has a lot of the same vibe as local legends in terms of you know 
Matt Farley grappling with his like existence as a somewhat maybe not failed artist, but an artist who's just never gotten the recognition that he deserves. And truth be told, like the songs in this are great. <laughs> like I was expecting like, yeah, he, you know, there are people, a lot, of, a lot of people laugh at his like songs about like towns or whatever. Like he does songs. About I think everything. this is the first time that it's all like very uh, no joke songs in one of his movies. Yeah, that's the thing. All the songs in this and there's a lot of extended musical interludes are all like absolute bangers. And like I would totally buy a soundtrack album of this. And I just I don't understand how this guy has doesn't have like a real record deal at this point because it's he's great. He is a great musician. I mean, Matt Farley would say, I agree. And I know he's listening to this because he has a supernatural sense to know when anyone is mentioning his work. Um, but yeah, more so, I love this movie. I know you love this movie. This is a lot like uh, Local Legends, like I said, but it takes some bizarre turns here and there. Lynchian, if you will, almost. Blue Velvet-like. Yeah, and I know you you had said it was kind of like the cable guy a little bit, and I totally got that vibe because the, the plot is, you know, shifting a lot, but it kind of concerns, you know, a strange mailman who kind of insin- ingratiates himself into Matt Farley's life. We should point out, Matt Farley is not named Matt Farley in this movie. He is playing another fictional character. Mitch Owen, that's what it is, right? He's like a legendary, well, not maybe sort of legendary, you know, musical star who you know, never who went away to try and make it in Nashville, I guess, and then kind of like had an incident and came back kind of, you know, like the don't let the river beast opening or don't let the river beast get you opening where he's returning to his small town. And, you know, I like to say this is like the evil version of Local Legends. It is. It totally is. Local Legends was like really, you know, Local Legends was really inspirational as like an artist. You know, it really made you feel like you wanted to get out there and like make something. And it really whereas this this also has that, but it takes it doesn't leave you on as much of like an upbeat note although it kind of does though too i mean i like the. i really thought it was humorous at the end like no spoilers or anything but there's like a situation uh, that requires some police and you know that when the his cop friend comes up and puts the blanket over him like you know it's the end of some like the way you like you see in the end of a lot of movies like that it was just really funny to me for some reason that moment and then just like walking off into the distance together probably one of their movies I need to think about it more because I literally just finished watching this but it really is I think is going to stick with me I'm going to be thinking about it nonstop for the next week or two I think it's also their most visually um, experimental films that they've done oh, I totally... like they've talked about we took a little bit of more time with you know crafting the visuals and making things that are like iconic that pop and they're right no you're right it looks really nice it's to, it goes for that black and white vibe that uh, local legends had and it's just really crisp and nicely framed and it just flows so well and it just like you just get lost in it like i feel like you get lost in all their films but yeah this one particularly you know it worked for something they just kind of you know made on the fly during the pandemic only like they shot it what in the spring of this year yeah they shot it really fast so like it feels really like really accomplished um and i mean i don't think their older stuff doesn't feel accomplished but it's easier to sometimes see through like some of the technical limitations here and there and this one just felt like really like well well made so i would highly highly recommend this buy it off their vimeo page yep it's 14.95 it's the price of a movie ticket why not that's the thing you know and like yeah when people are talking about like movie theaters reopening and big hollywood movies coming back like you know fast and fast nines out this weekend everything 
this is the kind of movie I want to see bring movies back, you know? This one. And right all here. that money goes right into their pockets. So why not? Like, Vimeo takes a very small chunk out of that. And who knows? Will it maybe come out, get a physical release at some point soon? Oh, only if people buy it. I mean, people need to buy it, right? Otherwise... It may not get a physical release with Blu-ray, with commentary and extras and all the other stuff. If only a company could put that out. Only if it gets bought. <laughs> Grab it on Vimeo. And if you're a total, like, Matt Farley novice, then yes, head over to goldninjavideo.com and buy Don't Let the River Be Sketch You and Local Legends immediately. Ooh, they may almost be out of print, so you may want to act now. Mm, yeah, maybe. Because those two are, like pretty much as good a place to start as any mm-hmm. i would absolutely agree local legends don't let the river beast that's what i would all re- recommend everybody to yeah, start those with. were the two first two that i ever saw and it immediately made me fall all right them. so uh, that's it for this week's episode of the bay street video podcast any news about the store you can walk in now and look at stuff you can walk in you can walk in and look at stuff we're still capping the um amount of people in the store at four at a time which seems low but we are a really small store and not everybody on staff is doubly vaccinated yet. So until we all get doubly vaccinated, which is going to happen very soon because Ontario is kind of surging ahead in that right now, um, we're kind of capping that. But once people all get vaccinated, then um, we'll be kind of hopefully back up and running kind of how it was. Pre-pandemic. Isn't uh, Ontario doing more than 70 percent of people getting vaccinated at this oh, yeah, point? It's yeah, it's getting really, really good. So, um, I mean, for me in particular, I got my first shot late, so I couldn't book uh, until tomorrow, actually. But I plan on doing it right away. And everybody I know who's booked has got it within like a couple of days almost. So. Well, you know, some of us are already double vaccinated, so we're living the free life. <laughs> lucky you, lucky. I still have to hermit inside. But you know what? Once we get doubly vaccinated, then this whole remote recording thing yay finally we can be back face to face more laughing more echoey sound it's coming back baby that's the way it always should have been <laughs> all right so until next week my name is justin McLean. i'm mark Hansen. keep on buying keep on renting and buy the motern media movie these movies and many more are available at your local video store